Hey everybody, what's going on? Mark here with a little message before we get started with this week's show. Uh, we have a deal going on over at CryptidCrate.com. Be sure to use the promo code GRAMPUS, that's G-R-A-M-P-U-S, for 20% off your first monthly box. So Cryptid Crate is a monthly subscription box filled with various cryptozoology and paranormal themed items to wear, display, and collect. Expect a carefully curated box filled with the creeptastic pieces from indie makers and artisans pertaining to Bigfoot, Sasquatch, UFOs, ghosts, and other cryptids and mysterious creatures. And again, this is cryptidcrate.com. Use our promo code GRAMPUS, that's G-R-A-M-P-U-S, for 20% off your first box. I think I hear that creepy music kicking in. Oh, yeah, there it is. the Cryptonaut Podcast. I'm Mark Storrs, and with me as always is... I am Chris Carnicelli. And... I am Rob Morphy. Excellent. Whoa. Thank you for joining Whoa. us for this week's show. We uh, are... the show. The Cryptonaut Podcast. We are. I just threw that in. I'm sorry about in interrupting case you. you. Didn't do it already. I felt like I had to wrap it around once oh. I said we are, I am. I no, felt yeah, like I felt... Needed... They, they were impressive introductions. Yeah. We yeah. just did. Okay. We, it is. As Robert <laughs> mentioned, we are the Cryptonaut Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, top of the show, be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and the Apple Podcasts. That helps us out greatly with the ever-convoluted Apple algorithm. Oh, it's confusing. Mm. It is. It's befuddling. Totally. So be sure to rate and review us on that. Also, too, we are available uh, on all kinds of social medias. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Hit us up there. Wow. We have our very own website. We do. We have a very own oh, website. The links for all those will be in the description of this podcast. So be sure to visit us on all those channels. And this week, we got something in the sky. I love sky things. This is kind of fun. In this sky the things sky. and technically sky things that can land. And so is it land and sky? Yeah. It's still sky, mostly. Do yeah. other things. Uh, this week we were talking about the gargantuan gliders, and this happened. Uh, this is reported from Nevada, mm-hmm. United States of America. Nestled atop a lonely mesa in the stark, arid wilds not far from Battle Mountain, yeah. Nevada, four <laughs> amateur pilots would have an all-too-close encounter with a pair of bizarre bioluminescent beasts so terrifying that the eyewitnesses refused to speak about the incident for nearly four decades. In 1925, less than a quarter century after the Wright brothers made their first famed flight, recreational airplanes... Airplanes. Christ almighty. <laughs> airplanes! <laughs> Which is how it should have been pronounced all along. I think we all know that. Do you guys like the airplanes? <laughs> I've, I've flown across the nation in an airplane. Airplanes were all the rage. 25 years after the Wright brothers. Particularly popular among sport flyers was a vintage World War I aircraft known as the Curtis JN4, or more commonly referred to as the Jenny. Oh, the Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. Don Wood Jr., <laughs> famed aerialist that we're just hearing about now. Don Wood Jr. and his friends would become just a handful of the literally thousands of part-time pilots to purchase surplus Jennies, and with them they took to the air exploring vast stretches of the Nevada desert. Kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, how cool is this? Like, literally, the day before, like, cars were brand new. Right. I know I'm not accurate about that, but you're you're you can just buy basically a World War One jalopy like you'd buy a Model T and, and take to the air. There, yeah, there it the is. Nevada airs. I mean, all, it's all surplus, so the the government's just trying to get rid of them. Yeah, so you, you're probably the getting cheap. them like super cheap. Granted, these planes are probably made of canvas, hopes and With, dreams, yeah. balsa wood, yeah. teeth. Oh yeah. <laughs> Old teeth. <laughs> Old teeth. <laughs> baby teeth. You guys using a baby teeth? The government can really use it. <laughs> That's fucked up. Oh, the government's recruitment of baby teeth. We're going to have to deal with that some at some depression point. Era They're like, they're hollow. Yeah, they're That's fucking... some dust bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> 
They they work for aerial. Yeah, they do. Combat, no, no, they're light, lighter than they, air baby teeth. Yeah. So this guy, him and his buddies, are getting these these uh, these air these jalopies. Air jalopies on the cheap, and they're just zipping around the desert. It, it is the equivalent it's of like cool. if we suddenly got of like love it. Elon Musk gave us the flying cars we've been dreaming of our whole life today, and people are just suddenly taken to the air. Yeah. That All must right. have been kind of what it was like. Okay, the Raging Twenties. Absolutely. The Raging Twenties? Flappers. Okay. Flappers, yeah. <laughs> Flappiers. There you go. As if the act of flight weren't quite risky enough, the more daring of these oh, amateur yeah. aviators would challenge themselves and one another by endeavoring to land atop precarious and hard-to-reach desert plateaus. Uh, they're doing like a little competition. That's tough. Like, like, because if Robert. you fuck up on a plateau, it's like, it's like Snake Plissken coming in on the World Trade Center. Like, yeah. if that glider goes a few feet too far... You're done. You don't get to fly again. So these well, guys are just like dirt pizza. They're yeah. challenging each other to do these like daredevil acrobatics and onto planes these, onto, onto a mesa. Like onto That's these awesome. rope runner plateaus. Sweet. In the oh, this is like desert. the jackass of Depression era. Yeah, yeah except Nevada. no one was there to yeah. celebrate your, I don't know, great victory except like 11 clearly, other friends, maybe. Clearly couldn't do this today. Oh, like, there's, yeah, I'm sure the there's FAA rules. Would yeah, the, like, the FAA would probably frown, frown upon it. deeply yeah. on plateau. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Jumping. You just get a <laughs> wicked frown. <laughs> And that's it, though. You can continue, but... It's stern. A, a guy, stern yeah. look. No, you know that somebody shows up and they're like, well, now, Mr. Morphy, Mr. Stores, and Mr. Carnicelli, you yeah. can't be flying your your, your <gasps> baby teeth jalopies on the mesa. <laughs> and they jalopies. give you a little ticket, and he's like, make sure you pay your taxes. Can we put baby teeth jalopy into the tags? <laughs> we might have to. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's the most teeth, I know. Googled phrase uh, ever. Baby teeth jalopy. All right. All right. Plateaus. That's where we left off. Yep. It was during one such expedition that Wood, Don Wood Jr., aforementioned, Wood. accompanied in the air by three other pilots, had a face to f- something that presumably had a I face know. encounter <laughs> yeah, I know. with the unknown. This run-in with the inexplicable would haunt these young aviators for decades to come and eventually force Wood to reconsider the existence and origin mm. of the UFO phenomenon. So Whoa. we're talking about creatures, but now we're going into what is ostensibly a technological thing. Which is UFOs. So let's take us back to October of 1959. Now, this is when the story finally came to light. The actual event took place in 1924 or 1925, I'm sorry. But in the October 1959 issue of Ray Palmer's ufological periodical, Ray Palmer. All right, from I know. I know. (laughs) I'm sure that that Adam (laughs) Adam, was named after this famed, diminutive publisher of (laughs) UFO lore. And I think he's also the one that made. The Daros of the Deep Earth famous, which eventually we're going to have to get to. The, uh, oh, the Daros. The, the, oh, the oh, detrimental oh, robots that live in the Earth. Well, save that for another day. That's another, <laughs> yeah, that's another time. We've gone too far. We've gone too deep we've into gone the too deep. deep. All right. In the October 1959 issue of Ray Palmer's UFological Periodical Flying Saucers, a letter by Wood was published, and I loved it when I discovered this, by the way. I didn't just, I mean, other people read it, but when I came across it, I was delighted, wherein he at long last revealed what happened to him and his fellow pilots who understandably chose to remain anonymous way back in 1925. Here is an excerpt from this original letter by Don Wood, Jr. I must write you of what happened to me in 1925. Mm. Which I think solves most UFO reports. I have never oh, told geez. anyone, but can get a signed affidavit if needed. Oh, are you serious? We're getting an affidavit? Yeah, no. We're I mean, you're going to get a notary republic? Yeah. You're going to get, I an don't affidavit? know, three no attorneys. That. Can I just make you sign an affidavit? You could. I can go to like, yeah, our friend who's a judge. I don't know if you could make me, but I might willingly sign it if it's something I I'm support. I'm going to start threatening affidavits yeah, now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you say you're coming over at six. Can I get an affidavit? Sign an affidavit. Yeah. yeah. I, I want confirmation of that. Get the Notary Republic involved. Four of us were flying old Jennies, the aforementioned Jennies, <laughs> the Jennies, over the Nevada desert. One plane was a two-seater, the one I was in. We landed on a flat mesa near Battle Mountain, Nevada. Battle Mountain. I love that. That really is the best. That should be a fort, a G.I. Joe base that from which they fight Cobra. Dude, it needs to be a band. Yeah. Battle Mountain. Battle Mountain. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. The Mesa is about <laughs> yeah. 5,000 square feet, and the walls are too steep to climb unless a lot of work is done. This is, of course, Don Wood's still talking. So he, in his letter, he said the Mesa is about 5,000 square feet, which isn't much to land a fucking plane on. No. So these are like elevated, like Yeah, it's like, elevated those, it's like the table. Mesas are tables. Right. So it's like these sheer walls going up, 5,000 square feet of flat surface. Okay. You're landing your fucking air jalopy. And doing your best to hope you don't plummet to your death. Yeah. 
These guys would probably be fun to party with, though. They would have been. Yeah. Could you imagine the level of partying they're doing? If they're risking their life to amuse three other friends. Maybe. Jalopies, though. That's kind of scary. I can't trust a jalopy, man. You got 1920s booze in you? You're fired up. You're ready to go. Yeah, dude. You're risking death. They're too hard for us. They're way too hard for us. I don't know. What, was the 1920s known for amphetamines? Where does this come from? I don't know. Maybe. What, trucker speed? Air speed? Well, right, no, no, like vaudevillian tonics. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be amphetamines oh back then. Yeah. <laughs> Just a reason to do math in the 20s. You got to be, you got to get fired up, oh, dude. I know. Just get your That's glass pipe out, you, lose you, your teeth. You did your sugar cube of an, an well, all the absinthe. Absinthe. absinthe yeah. I was called it an absinthe. And then fucking hit the skies. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Let us get back on point. We have been drifting off of point desperately here. All right. We wanted to see what was on top of this flat place. This is Dunwood continuing. We landed at 1 p.m. While walking about the top of this place, we noticed something coming in for a landing. It was about eight feet across and was round and flat like a saucer. The undersides were a reddish color. It skidded to a stop about 30 feet away. It's worth mentioning at this point in Wood's story that this incident allegedly occurred in 1925, which we established, a full 22 years before Kenneth Arnold's June 24th, 1947 UFO sighting over Mount Rainier, which I'm sure our listeners know, which we know is the first, it's, it's where allegedly, I, I take umbrage with this a little bit, the legend of flying saucers began. Obviously, right. people were seeing flying saucers back in medieval oh, yeah, paintings, yeah, yeah. and Alexander the Great saw soaring shields, but I also believe that the term flying saucer was used... In some publications before then, but the the typical lore is he saw these weird things skipping like saucers over water, and mm-hmm. hence the word flying saucer game. So this happened long before when he says a round reddish thing landed. This is before people, the common right, parlance right. of UFOs and, and flying saucers. Well, it, sounds, it sounds like a crash land. Like it says, it skidded to a stop about 30 feet away. So this thing just like coming hard. Yeah, like... I'm, I'm imagining dust kicked up, yeah. like and, and so well, yeah, you, all crash landing. You, yeah. you, land, you and your buddies land your Jennies on the, the super mesa, right? And you see this weird pancake thing basically skid to a halt about thirty feet away. You got to be like, the f just yeah, happened. What is yeah. going on? Wood likely did not presume, as so many of us would in our modern alien obsessed culture, that this object was a technology based craft. In fact, in just a matter of seconds, the perplexed pilots would see this UFO give a clear indication of life. And this is Don Wood Jr. talking again in his letter. The next you won't believe. I don't care, but it's the truth. We walked up to the thing, and it was some animal like we never saw before. It was hurt. And as it breathed, the top would rise and fall, making a half-foot hole around it like a clam opening and closing. So what? it's got a big giant... Mouth. So was it like sucking up air plankton? Yeah, I couldn't. It's, I, it's, it's, it's like a round. I couldn't air picture what he was explaining for me. I'm like, where's the hole? No, no. I, I was thinking maybe a blowhole at first. That's when it, I, first I know. I'm like, what, yeah. Right. That's why I'm like, what am I picturing? I so no, this, this isn't. Its mouth is opening and closed, so it's an air breathing, ostensibly wounded, circular sky beast, clam head. So it's it's, a, not, it's not an a, actual clam headed sky. It's, it's like a gargantuan glider. It's not like a, a technological UFO. It's an animal that just it's an animal. skidded to a halt. It's a clam mouthed round stingray of the skies mm, okay. that just likes to hit the dirt on plateaus, especially when it's injured. It was then that Wood and the three other pilots noticed the extent of this entity's injuries, and that as if one flying monstrosity weren't enough. It seemed as if an even larger creature had taken a bite out of this as yet unclassified flying critter. Mm. So, in this pie-like roundness of this creature, there's some honking bite out of, yeah. out of it. Which is scary, because if you see, I don't know, I'd say go back to the stingray. Yeah, if you see the... a stingray with a big honking bite out of it, you're like, well, you probably assume it's a shark or something. We know the ocean right. monsters, but right. we don't know the sky monsters yeah. yet. The, el- the eluding of something worse. Yeah. yeah. Which is scary. Or something bigger and weird. You're right. Something terrifying lands, and you're like, oh, shit, clam mouth flying stingray thing. And then you see something is eating it, and it landed apparently injured. So something bigger is eating it. Yeah. 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 And then you got to look up and go, maybe I'm never going to fly again. I would be constantly perpetually afraid that something's going to swoop down, yeah, take totally. a hunk out of me. Now, granted, there's not a lot of reports of this. This is not a plague on humanity. <laughs> but I would still no, be terrified from the moment I saw this. Fucking yeah. clamulon from fucking <laughs> Nebula. Why? You totally are naming Japanese off. monsters. Clamulon. clamulon. 
uh, and, and now we're going to go back to uh, Don Wood Jr.'s words. Quite a hunk had been chewed out of the side of this rim, and a sort of metal-looking froth issued. All right. Okay. We, we don't know what yeah, kind of... You know, we don't know maybe they got biology. mercury blood. Yeah. We don't know. When oh, it saw no. us, it breathed frantically and rose up only a few inches, only to fall back to Earth again, presumably in exhaustion. It was moist. Moist. It was moist and glistened on the top side. We could see no eyes or legs. At this point, I wasn't even assuming legs. Yeah, no. So you can't see its eyes. Maybe it, maybe it goes on radar. Maybe it's half blind. Like a, I mean, we don't know what this is. But the fact that it saw people and it's like, I thought I was safe on the Mesa. The Mesa was safe. <laughs> and it's, this is my no. voice of a glider. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like your bite. What the, the hell's going on? I'm I know. flying. No, I'm three inches off the ground. I can't fly. I, got I don't have legs. Don't touch my legs. Do not touch my legs. You're doing hands, don't too. My legs. I'm doing <laughs> flying arms. Yeah. I'm literally trying to fly really away are, from this yeah. fucking microphone because I'm that stupid. There's no, I like in picture as a fucking clam, though, now. No, well, yeah, no, the, all right, think of this. A fleshy pancake, imagine No, this, I know, it's flatter. Like a split mouth in the front, I, sort I of know. like a whale, like, like that's, not, not a whale, like maybe the know, baleen of a whale. weird. No eyes or legs, we've established this. Uh, with what must have been an adrenaline-fueled combination of awe, curiosity, and perhaps pity, uh, the four pilots watched as the beast writhed in agony for the better part of half an hour. It was then that the creature, whose back appeared to be made out of... Oh, this is a touch. This is something we didn't get to. I was trying to describe the creature to Chris, but I forgot about this. Reflective pseudo-hexagonal crystals. Mm. So It's new agey. Now they're solar-powered it's, fucking yeah, space it's new Pseudo-hexagonal. No, it's... Well, is it, I don't is think it like they, Reiki I power I don't know something? if it was like as precise as... Um, like, say, a bee honeycomb or something that would be hexagonal right. in nature. I think... They basically had sort of a hexagonal shape, but like more like random like scales on a dragon or some shit. I don't know. So it's got these reflective crystalline things on its back, which no doubt it uses to absorb the sun's rays, convert it to chloroform-like energy. I'm totally speculating here. I'm pissing in the wind of the gliders. <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? But who knows what they are? So it's got these, these pseudo-hexagonal crystals, okay. and it attempted to rise again. Back to Wood's account. After about a 20-minute rest, it started pulsating once more. We stayed about 10 feet away. And so help me, the thing grew as bright as all get out. Oh. And that's mightily bright, my friends. Oh, the... Mightily bright. If something is get out... No, it's get out, If in in the 1920s something got anything as all get out... That was next level. Yeah. That was to the max. Like, you didn't come back from that. No. No. It grew bright as all get out, except where it was hurt. Mm. It had a mica-like shell body... It tried to rise up again, but sank back again. So this thing is clearly trying to get out of Dodge. It's like, I landed. I'm resting. It's 20 minutes. I got to go. Yeah. I can't go. Yeah. I got to go. It hurts too bad. <laughs> don't look at my legs. Look I can't my do legs. it. I got no legs. I got <laughs> pseudo hexagons on my back. Don't and touch I'm my legs. Made a crystalline mica flesh pancake. These are my legs. I miss you. Dude, if you can't even do that, how are you going to get into escape velocity? Yeah, how, how, you can't. Or well, you like, get to the edge of the, the mesa. And hope that the plummet helps you get the air you need mm. to sort it. No, that's just taking that's, a risk. That squirrels through technology. Once you're, once you're I don't know the dirt. You know what you are. That's what I mean. You're coyote food. Yeah. I don't know if that works for biological creatures. It always works for mechanical ones because you have to jumpstart or something. Yeah, you, you got to get the air biological. Under the flaps. I, yeah, who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see, Rob. Let's continue this account. Let, let's. The men, <laughs> the pilots, the amateur aviators, mm. the heroes of the 20s and their jennies. We're fascinated and perplexed by this slimy, bioluminescent, rock-scaled stingray of the sky. Yeah, I coined that. <coughs> I also the... coined the phrase gargantuan gliders. You're all welcome. <laughs> Thank but you. before they Thank could you. wrap their Thank heads around much. what it might be, a colossal shadow crept over mm, the mesa. The bigger one oh, is here. Oh, snap. Mm, I know we kind of telegraphed it in the first part. Yeah. The predator. Possibly. We don't know yet. Well, let's continue here. A colossal shadow crept over the mesa. The pilots scurried backwards and tilted their heads skyward to see something that they would never forget, again, according to Wood. Then we saw a large round shadow fall on us. We looked up and ran. Reasonable. Well, this is my idea. Yeah. Absolutely. It's what you do. Coming in was a much larger animal 30 feet across. Remember, the first one's only about 8 feet. Yep. It paid no attention to us, but settled itself over the smaller one. Mm. The terrified pilots had no way of knowing whether or not this 30-foot gargantuan glider, hence the name, was attempting to help a member of its own species, or if this was the atmospheric monster that had wounded the sky ray in the first place, swooping back in for the kill. Mm. Wood would describe what happened next. 
Four sucker-like tongues settled on the little one, and the big one got so dazzlingly bright you couldn't look at it. Both rose straight up and were out of sight in a second. They must have been traveling a thousand miles an hour to get so high so fast. What exactly? So a thirty-foot creature, which I assume, based on what I read in the same letter, type of is basically creature. the same type of thing. Yeah. So you don't know if it's like a larger great white consuming well, smaller great. But okay, the way that the suckers come out, it almost makes me think like a parrot. It's, it's my baby. Yeah. It's my baby, and he got bit. Yeah. I'm gonna put my four suckers on him. I'm going to turn dazzling bright. We're going to go a thousand miles away. We're to at, we're, we're the f out of here. Yeah. yeah. Where the clamulons go. <laughs> Duh. So it, okay. they, so it comes down, it grabs the baby, presumably, or prey. Or prey. Yeah, well, one of the two. Or know. maybe baby that but is I mean, prey. If it looks or baby prey. Maybe, maybe it's a baby prey. and it's food. But and, it looks like the other one. Yeah. Well, from what they Wood's say, letter it's a little vague. the most explicit thing that ever happened. Like, he describes the eight-foot one that they watched for granted about 40 I, uh, yeah, minutes Yeah, absolutely. So. But this In one... Detail, but this one... So, so you imagine they see the shadow, they split. They're half looking out of the corner of their eye. And they just see suckers. This 30-foot thing lands on the 8-foot thing. They see suckers come down, attach. It gets so bright they can't see another right. thing. Well, and but, it's like, phew. But the 30-foot thing looks like the other thing? I just don't know. That's what I mean. It's a little I vague. Assume, That's why I'm here's, like, here's what, what, what I'm assuming. I'm assuming it let's, looks let's like Let's assume it. that it did because if this thing looked wholly foreign, like a squid attack. He would report uh, it. Yeah. A whale or something where it's like Maybe. these are clearly two different things. Mm-hmm. I do think Don Wood Jr. would have been like, Holy sheep Ronnie shit. Wood. This is a whole... Yeah. Yeah. When Donnie Wood speaks, we, he would have been like, this is something utterly foreign. Yeah. So this but thing swoops down okay. and grabs it, and then just goes up. Books. Fuck. Do, doesn't even like go straight. It just ascends upward. Four sucker-like tongues, specifically tongues, so I don't know if they... Well, they I don't know from a mouth. I don't. I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah, settles on the little one and the big one. So as soon as these tongues touch, apparently adhesive. Right. The big one got so dazzling bright you couldn't look at it. Both rose straight up. Mark's so right about this, and we're out of sight in a second. Okay. They must have been traveling a thousand miles an hour to get so high so fast. So I can see why Wood at this point would be like, I think I can explain your UFOs. This shit ain't metal. It's right. not from Neptune. It's big fleshy sky rays. Okay. And I'm terrified. Still mystified by the strange event that they had just witnessed, Wood and his cohorts warily approached the area where the airborne aberrations, yeah, that's alliteration for you, of nature had just lifted off. Again, Wood's words. When we walked over, there was an awful stench. And the frothy stuff, let's not forget it was bleeding basically liquid (laughs) metal, frothy metal. The frothy stuff the little one had bled looked like fine aluminum wire. There was more frothy, wiry stuff in a 30-foot circle where the big one had breathed. That's, that's, so yeah. this big thing is breathing, okay, too. All right. Okay, The stuff finally melted in the sun, and we, understandably, took off. Weird. So whatever biological melted. juice these things produce, yeah. they always cooked off in the sun? Because when, I, I mean, I, I can't help but think of, like, Jake McCready and John Carpenter's the thing, oh, like, she, the blood does its own yeah, thing. Like, yeah. it becomes yeah. this, like, little blood spider or whatever. Right. Like, we don't bleed, and it doesn't become a fine mesh of crimson plasma no. on, yeah, on, no. on a bandage or something. When we bleed, it dries dirty, scummy brown, and that's that. Yeah. But who's to say when everything bleeds? When this thing bleeds its liquid metal, it looks like fine aluminum mesh. Okay. And when the other thing breathes on top of the thing that's bleeding, apparently yeah. this is maybe the way it exhales is Brillo pads? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. SOS pads? Yeah. SOS. This has a complicated respiratory system, apparently. It really does. I, One you know, far I, beyond our knowledge. I think biologists would be just in their yeah. druthers to get a hold of one of totally. these and study the dickens out of it. So this shit melted in the sun, so it's weird. It's brillowy. It melts in the sun, so okay. hence no evidence. Not that they probably would have thought to preserve it at that point. In the 1920s, you're not like, I'm going to get this in a baggie. You don't have baggies, I don't think. No, I don't believe baggies were. Yeah, no, I don't even think, I don't even think they had... They couldn't preserve food. It was <laughs> salt and no. hope. I don't know how it worked. Yeah, yeah it was still salt. Everything yeah. was jerked. <laughs> yeah. It's true. You had to get giant ice cubes for your refrigerator at this point still. Like yeah. the Iceman cometh every day. Yeah, there's ice so factories. Your yeah. whatever. So Bruce Lee came to town and just fuck him up. Oh, yeah. Oh, big, <laughs> is that Big Boss? <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right, all right. All right. Back on script. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, all right, so as I mentioned this in the article, I'm going to read it anyway. Unfortunately, though not surprisingly, the rapidly evap- 
evaporating metallic residue these creatures left behind was not preserved for further scientific study. That kind of went without saying. Years later, Wood would come to regret not having any evidence of these animals, quote-unquote. But he also was keenly aware of the fact that to preserve his reputation as a reliable pilot, he would have to distance himself from this report, as as he indicated in his letter to Ray Palmer. So help me this was an animal, according to Wood. I have never told this before, as we knew no one would believe us. I only write this now because this animal would be one big 30-foot light if it was seen at night. Right. Hence his UFO analogy. Yes. I don't expect belief, but I simply had to write. Don't use my name. I don't think they published it until after he passed away. I remember this was in 59 or Just something. Don't use my name. And then at the Which very end me, of the thing, it says, Don Wood Jr. No, October, no, listen, October <laughs> Sorry, 59. Don. Well, Don, Don had probably dropped off by this point. You know, I'm sure they didn't F up his career with this. No, no, I doubt it. At least I'm hoping so. All right. Don't use my name. I'm still flying, but write if you want more information. That, to me, is a little bit of credibility. Okay. Because someone that's looking for some generic desert fame. Yeah, desert fame's a thing. They'd be like, Don Wood Jr., I saw the space clam. Right. Deal with it. He's like, listen, Don't these things glowed. Right, right. So maybe when people see glowing things at night... They're not really seeing vehicles. They're seeing creatures. I just wanted to let you know, if you want more information, ask me. Do not use my damn name. Right. I fly people around. Now we'll move on. Author and researcher Trevor James Constable. That's a noble name. Yeah. yeah. Came up with what he called his sky critter theory while investigating aerial biological phenomenon with his collabida- collaborator. Collab- collaborator. The collaborator. The his collaborator, this is another good name, James X. Woods. Like, James Woods is a fine Ooh, actor. James name. X. Woods. Yeah, I'll drop some. I, I met him in L.A. once. Oh, you hang out with James Woods? Not really. We just oh. happened to be drinking in the same bar and had a brief exchange. Because I think he's kind of nuts on Twitter. He's kind so, of a dick kind of a, in life. Kind of a dick, but this was yeah. the 90s. Okay. This is James X. Woods, not to be confused <laughs> with the Salvador actor and or Videodrome <laughs> star. Yeah. Okay. Uh, during the late... 1950s and 1960s, this is when James X. Woods and Trevor James Constable were creating their sky critter theory. All right. Constable claimed that UFOs hailed from a parallel dimension. Mm, uh-huh. My territory. Yeah, hello. No, he, is it really? He's our interdimensional yeah. guru. Yeah, here. I'm the alter- my territory. I'm the alter- it's Mark's territory. Dimensional admin. We, we know literally three paragraphs less than Mark about it. I, yeah, yeah, so he is our de facto interdimensional expert. I know Plus, about... he's seen all Cloverfield movies. I can't claim that. No, I did, too. I've, I've seen one. Oh, you've seen all of them? Of we talked about this, remember? So we have remember? two interdimensional... Uh, we talked about this. Have, who, have you guys both watched The Mist? <laughs> yeah. I mean, how far do your creds go? What the, the, I do the legit movie or the research. Show? I watched the movie. I never saw the show. No, Thank I saw the you. movie. I do legit research on the inter- oh, really? ultra-dimensionals. Yes, of course I do. Yes. So school us. It's a place. It happens. Okay, that's Things good enough. Things go on. And, and oh, you walk. Good night, folks. Wow. <laughs> it's a place that happens. It's a place that happens. No, this is kind of a common it's, theory that we see with cryptozoology and with UFOlogy, actually, is that you know, these things could be traversing dimensions. You're right. So, And, and it's funny. While I find this... It's kind of hypocritical of me. While I find it absolutely plausible for UFOs, it pisses me when people are saying Bigfoot. I do think that there is something to the interdimensional theory. Absolutely. I do believe there are more than one dimensions. I do believe there's probably parallel worlds. I believe we live in a universe of infinite possibilities and that some of these aliens might come from light years away and some might come from next door but another dimension. I watch From Beyond and think of it as a science documentary for anyone that enjoys those weird shit. But that having been said, I just don't... I can't buy that like chupacabras and Loch Ness monsters are like dinosaur ghosts. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I have a hard time with that shit because I really think... Obviously, we haven't discovered all the animals on Earth yet. Can we just discover the shit that's on Earth before we start throwing them in from other no. dimensions, please? No, no, because we live in a multi-dimensional universe. All right, we're talking about clamulons. We've, Thank you. We got to go back home. Look, now. You've you've said your piece. I'm going to say my piece. I know. I'm that right, was my though. piece. Oh, I'm you're right. not because there's no proof of Sasquatch. <laughs> right. Thank you. Uh, God damn it! All right, <laughs> Constable claimed that the UFOs hailed from a parallel dimension known as Etheria. I've done some research on this Etheria. It's um, an anime thing. It's a board game. It's uh, everything that I, I can't find anything But you can't on find this. the science no, part? nothing. We're going to maybe have to read his books well, at some the- point. All right. So these par- this parallel dimension known as Etheria, I guess if you discover it, you're allowed to name it. Sweet. And he thought there were two types of UFOs. Machines. So he did buy that there were machines and living entities, which he dubbed 
aforementioned sky critters. Constable was fascinated by the subject, was was so fascinated by the subject that he went on to write, They Live in the Sky. So that's our research in 1959. Okay. That's just, that's a catchy title. They, they Live, live in, in the Sky. sky. That's Jesus. horrible. It is horrible. And Sky Creatures Living UFOs in 1978. So over a two decade span, he's got two books. I haven't been able to find much about this Etheria or. There's no, there's nothing behind. Like, well, here's our theory. They're sky critters. They're from Etheria. They don't really give you anything other than that. All right. So, which is, I'm going to throw this out to our listeners. If you want us to do more on Trevor James Constable and his sky yeah, critters, let us know. I'm certainly interested in it. I'm willing to I do the research. I think we're going to have to actually go to like a library. No, I think we can. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I think we do. Or Amazon. I'm willing to buy these books. I mean, we we know a librarian. Can does she have a card that we can use? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she is does. Is it possible? I yeah, think, but where, where does it do. come up with Etheria? It, 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 I think just, you just they named they it. Literally like, throw if it you out think there, something like, is from another dimension, you're like, no one else mentioned this other dimension. I get to like, name it. It was sort of like Goblin World. Yeah, that's what it feels Go- like. Yeah, the well, Goblin World came out like the Ted Holidays. Now, Goblin World, for people that know, is is sort of like what Mark and I were debating moments ago, which is the idea that. All sorts of. Oh, you mean where Mark was right? Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. We're going to save this. We're going to table this shit. Now we do for have an interview. Day. Yeah, we, 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 the fantasy dimension. We do yeah. have an interview though from a past podcast with a woman who has allegedly first, uh, like in first personal hand, contact, in personal contact with a vortex that brings you to a world of fairies, the fae, the fae. So, That's a fancy way of saying fairies, right? If you have the if you have the fairy world or the goblin world or Eternia, right? No, that's where Eternia is from. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, you, don't, you don't suddenly end up on a battle cat, yeah, uh, yeah. fighting Hordak right? or whatever. You don't yeah. end up doing that. So, the, but there does seem to be this common thread of there being these interdimensional other places that these things come from. Well, what, yes. whatever it's and called. When you get into the wee folk, when you get into fairy yeah. mounds, these aren't necessarily supposed to be. Like deep trenches wherein Elven and Goblin and no, whatever folks It's were, supposed to be portals. Chris and I were at the yeah. Vortex. Yeah, you guys actually went there. Yeah, yeah the, and, we well, it's not we really, it's not like one we specific tried, place is know. the Vortex. Apparently, that the whole place runs on like ley lines. Ley lines. Yeah. So, that, so you could slip through a portal it, it, at any time well, and not know. Yeah, yeah I think she claimed and she would to, actually you could walk, kind of navigate them. She would walk the ley lines because she knew where they were. Oh, she could like sense them or it, whatever. As she was walking the ley lines, can you like lines. douse? And I'm asking this seriously. I like, don't know. You know how people douse like for water? Rods? Like, is I there think, a way to I sense th- ley lines? Think you can. So Houdini probably would not have been a fan of dowsing. So with these guys and their theory with. Etheria. All right, Etheria, Eternia, and he believed from Etheria came two different types of UFOs, machines Machine or and living sky yeah, critters. Yeah, okay. okay. Constable was so... Fa- All right, we, we cover this. I'm sorry. Constable. Uh, that they live in the sky and sky creatures living UFOs in 1978. Yeah, right. In his article, The Case for Critters, published in 1975 uh, in the magazine or a publication called Other Worlds and Universes, which, by the way, needs to start publishing again immediately. Yips. Uh, by Brad Steger and John White, Constable commented on Wood's encounter. So the expert on sky critters is talking about this Don Wood Jr. and Friends encounter. Don Wood Jr. may have been the first person to get a close, terrifying look at a couple of these critters. He saw them in full physical density. That's a a phrase that you got to fucking wrap around. All right, we'll just lay it for a second. And in light reflecting negative polarity. Oh, Christ almighty. Come on, Constable. This sounds like a pyramid scheme. Yep. All right. Really all right. That's, so that's like some Costco let's just, shit. Let's just like, let him. Jesus. Let's just let him say his piece, and right. we'll judge him later. Okay. He might have been the first person to get a close, terrifying look at a couple of these critters. He saw them in full physical density and in light, reflecting negative polarity as a result of his hobby of flying. The experience shook him sufficiently to make him keep his peace for several decades. Right, I'm going to wrap this up, this article, quick, and then we're going to get into this. Whatever. They were, and wherever they come from, Wood's gargantuan gliders, yeah, I'm hammering that title home, uh, seems to defy all logical and zoological paradigms. This is the true. question that remain, the questions that remain are obvious. What are they? Where did they come from? Are they exobiological or indigenous to Earth? Those are the three questions I had, and I think they're still valid. Yeah. Are our skies full of these creatures? And perhaps most significantly, do these things pose a threat to human beings? Those are my okay. primary concerns. Okay, well, what's the first question? First well, question: What are they? Sim- yeah, yeah. It's a fucking mollusk from space. Yeah. Well, Second well, one: yeah, yeah, What are they? So they're, they're <laughs> no, clinolons from Nebula Y. We've covered that. Well, but, cl- okay. Well, they appear to be living Chris is on entities. Going to answer these questions? No, but they appear to be not ships. They, no, they're fleshy. They appear to be at least right. biological 
and creatures. you know what? Maybe they're silicon from, based. I mean, they have hexagonal, hexagonal. Yeah, I made that up. Jesus. Crystal backs, and they can glow mightily. Like all the adult ones. Like all but Jesus. That's an energy buildup, so they can... So that seems to go beyond... I I called it bioluminescent, but really that's not bioluminescent. No, no, no. That's like genuinely That's energy discharge. And maybe... And so maybe these... And now, again, of course, pissing in the wind of speculation. Maybe they absorb sunlight through their mica backs. Yeah. Right. With their fleshy red bottoms and their mica backs. And it would make sense if you're flying through the air, you would get... Things you would let, like, like sun radiate on your back and warm you and whatever, and then your fleshy underside would hide in the clouds or something. Who knows? And and maybe it, find some way to absorb this energy. And instead of like turning into chlorophyll like plants, maybe it manifests in an energy they can actually use to propel themselves in sure. some okay. unfathomable way. Also to discharge light in ways that make them look like UFOs. Yeah. Well, generally energy I mean, does that. Yeah, light okay. and heat. Light and heat is energy. So, so maybe these are weird silicon creatures. Maybe, maybe they're carbon based. Maybe they're silicon based. Maybe they're something we don't even know yet. Who can traverse the skies? Can occasionally glow when they need to take off from a mesa. A maybe they got Maybe they got it like a. Maybe they flip over, and those hexagonal panels reflect the clouds, so you don't even see them. And there's. I mean, who the right it's, now, dude? You it's, just you don't know. It's, it's carte blanche. This is where the U.S. government develops stealth technology from. From gargantuan oh, yeah. cloaking, probably. Yeah, they captured not six be, of them. Six of them. Sixty-five. But no. Well, there's no indication that they do that. Though. All really. right. So, so the first question is, what the are they? We just don't know. Is the no, moral answer? We no don't know idea. if they're carbon-based yeah. or what. We don't know. Why aren't there more of them? Like, if this was seen in twenty-five. It's a possibility, and this now, now I'm going to maybe jump ahead. Yeah. Are they uh, exobiological or indigenous to Earth? Well, they, there's some speculation that there are things that can traverse the spaces in between planets and stars, that they can survive sure. out there on either light or dark matter or who the F knows what, and that they're not like... I mean, obviously, all life on Earth dies instantly in the vacuum of space. We know that. <clears> right. The radiation kills yeah. us. The Except tardigrades. Except tardigrades who can live through everything. Maybe they're flat tardigrades. <laughs> But but maybe this thing was not from Earth, got bit by a sky shark, crash landed on a mesa, and its mom is like, no, Bill. Yeah. Well, it, it does not him back into the cosmos. appear to be anything because if it was Earth evolved from Earth, yeah, why wouldn't we know about these? Yeah, no, this is definitely not from our plane of well, existence. We think, yeah, all right, all right. So maybe interdimensional. Damn it. Maybe this one you're right, but not on Bigfoot. I didn't listen. You know what? I'm not the kind of person, and you can ask my wife this. I won't throw it in your face when I think that I'm right. Oh, you're such a. Dick I won't sometimes. do that. You oh, know why? You, you know, because you, just, I you know don't that do that. smug little look on your face. No, that was that was no. just you throwing it right in my face. But this one's kind of weird because I appear to be injured. So I, were why hurt. would it just yeah, like hop hop a dimension? I'm not talking to you right now. And then like big big mama tentacle clam has got to come up and save it. Big mama four tongues comes down and rescues you. Big mama four tongues is the best jazz group ever. I know big mama four tongues. I guess blues actually. So yeah, it, that doesn't it. that doesn't really yeah. make sense. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. So so we don't know what they are. But like we you don't said, know where they're from. No, but something that could biologically live in space, things can't survive in space. So yeah, that's but, that's but that, but that's less think, of a stretch than hopping a dimension. True, because of injury, training. because of you're right. You know what I mean? At least that makes a little Though, bit. And, and, in all fairness, to, in deference to Mark, and I was just going to say this quick: if you do have access to an interdimensional portal and something's attacking you. Probably your quickest route to survive, right, would be like Moon Earth, dude. It's like like you said, Rick and Morty in the portal. Why Earth though? Could have been any like yeah, no, could be anywhere. Maybe it was just getting maybe away. there's only two, and I'm this was the only other one. They have a portal gone. I don't want to deal with those comments. All no. I'm saying is that some <laughs> how they don't you, have legs, much less hands. We've how, however this. they however they traverse, whether it's time and space or dimensions, whatever they're traveling on. Like you said, it very well could be that this thing was attacked and it just kind of darted, and then either well, there's there's nothing saying that this thing is its mother. This could very well be what was trying to attack it. It could have been. It's, this really could. Have, you know, we're talking about it a rest, We're talking about a rescue operation yeah, here. No, this could really been this could have been the final blow. Yeah, this could have been a, an, an <laughs> like interdimensional the, those murder. four deadly venom tongues. Yeah, exactly. Latched on, sucked its so, energetic life force, and then and this took thing off. went straight up. And right when it got just, to like the stratosphere, just devoured it yeah. and then jetted, ate it on the dark so, side. Of the moon and threw its carcass into space. I'm really interested, though, in, in this whole sky critter phenomenon because what's interesting. Yes, me too. What's interesting about it too, and one of the questions here is, um, you know, are these things po- 
do these things pose a threat to human beings? Sort of, and you've brought this point up a couple of times. What's interesting about this is that you don't know if these things pose a threat because how many people if a threat was posed to them, became With, a lunch. Exactly. So you don't really know. I always like, feel Are they way. dangerous? Like when, when people want to tell me, and I'm not, I'm not, again, trying to go down the, the Bigfoot rabbit hole, but I'm going to dip into it. People was like, oh, my God, it's Harry and the Hendersons. They want to snuggle with you. No, They're going to run man. away. Like every time a Bigfoot kills someone is the time a Bigfoot's not reported. Yeah. Every time they eat the flesh of a hiker. And I'm not saying they do. I'm really not saying I think they do. I'm saying we just don't know. You can't assume right. beneficence. Because there are not many reports of malice. You, right. can't, you just can't but, I mean, assume given, the best. Given the size of these things and apparently the speed, if you were hiking on a mountain and one of these things has happened to see you and go, oh, that's, that looks that's good. That's food. That's tasty. There would be no evidence of anything. It no. was literally swoop down, grab you, and jet. And maybe they're smart enough. Maybe they're like pack hunters. Where if someone's alone, right. they know they can strike like the lone antelope. But if it's like a pack of people, they're like, "No, nah, someone get away. Yeah, it's not worth yeah, it." Yeah. Like they might, they might be mm. smart enough, even if they're only like say wolf smart. So to be like, "Nah, f this." But if it's a lonely dude like right. going around the Arizona Pass, and I don't even know are if that's any, a real thing. Are there of course any other similar yeah, reports of anything like this? Don't you do that to me. I have looked. Now, obviously, there are similar <laughs> reports because Trevor James Constable and James X Woods. Written two books on the subject. Okay, so maybe we should maybe has. we should do um, we, a I, follow up episode. I, about you know, that. it's funny. We we did the sky spitter episode. It was one of our uh, yep. earlier episodes, and that's Which about I, an atmospheric phenomenon that is not malicious. It's just moist, like an asshole. It's kind of a dick. It's, it's an a, incantation. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an asshole. It's a bully an cloud. Atmospheric douche. Yeah. So it's a bully cloud. <laughs> yeah, it's a bully cloud. So so when we were talking about, you asked me the same question, and I'm like, I I just don't know. And then I realized some years ago, I wrote an article about atmospheric monsters that I entirely forgotten about because this is uh, what happens when see? you have this vast reservoir of knowledge that I do. All timers. Forget your brilliance. <laughs> and Mark would say, get some ginkgo biloba. Soft you, brain rob. You sad, sad. <laughs> We're all bitch. soft brains. We really are. Yeah, it's true. So. Yeah, if it's not if it's not movie trivia, I'm 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 lost. But I remembered, so I reread this article that I wrote, and I wrote it for Mysterious Universe, that uh, you know Australian yeah. website, and they they do their own great shit. Um, so there are a lot of things, and I talk more about uh, Trevor Constable and that. Mm -hmm. And so we will definitely dedicate a pod to sky critters. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know exactly when I'm correlating the research. I'd like to actually read at least one of these books before right. we do it. So there are. The short answer after that long-winded thing is that yes, but there's nothing specifically like, like a fleshy like this. Right, right. thing. Right. Certainly no other reports I've ever come across where an eight-foot thing skids to a halt on an obscure Nevada mesa yeah. that just happens to be populated with four just, human I, beings. It's so, not a chance. Yeah, yes, fuck And it's up. like, no, I don't like people. I can't fly away because of this big bite that's taken out of me. And then another bigger thing comes down and either Scoops snatches it, it up or saves it. rescues or eats it. Yeah. The, no, this is, this is a lonely report as far as I know. Okay. And so that's what kind of makes it... That's sort of like our... That's, that's sort up. of like our modus operandi here. We're not necessarily interested in the thing people have seen 400 times. We're interested in that thing that was seen up to three times. Yeah. Max. Yeah. Or one. Yeah. Even better. Uh, and we kind of already covered the the angle of, like, what could this be? What are the motives for lying about it? What are the motives for not lying about it? So those, I think, have been covered enough. There isn't really much need to press what, on what those. What we need to know more about, and this has to come, I suppose, this will come in our Atmospheric Monsters pod, which I'm sorry okay. to do this to you, is the the constable theory of... Full physical density versus light reflecting negative polarity. Oh Jesus because Christ! That, you know that really. You know that's like that's Peter Vankman. I'm a scientist. Y yeah, you know, that's or, what that is to or, me. Or that's L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, that's some two. shit. That's... I mean, no, he might be saying really like there's probably a physicist out there going, yeah, no, it's clearly one or the other. And I'm like, you're just saying words. You're just throwing <laughs> words at me that be like I, yeah, a big I, man. Separately, I know what each one of oh, those yeah, words no, I mean. Do, no, I, I get polarity. I get well, when you string them together, you just sound yeah. like Deepak Chopra. Yeah, what? What? Like. Like reflecting Deepak Chopra. You do. You really do. You sound like you came to my door. You're trying to get me to sign up for a program that's going to lower my energy bill with NYSEG. I yeah. don't trust <laughs> it. But if you get involved, you're, you're just talking about polarities. Yeah. You're going to pay a thousand less dollars a year. So yeah, I think in a future episode we're going to do some follow up on that because that's so, pretty but, interesting. But, but sticking strictly with gargantuan gliders. Yeah. Um, 
this is back, as, as we were saying earlier, in the era of the sky jalopies, when you could be an amateur aviator. Like, right. they, were, they were probably dicking around in the skies long before they became the professional pilots that were afraid of their reputations being sure. sullied. <laughs> They're young men who happen to be young on Mesa just for shits and giggles. Right. And this yeah. thing just happens to hit the, the highest flat point it can That's just because weird. it's injured. Yeah, they watch it froth metal. They, it stinks. It's weird. It's fleshy on the bottom, hexagonal on the top. They know what to do. They get within ten feet, then they back off when they see the super shadow, as anyone would. And they balk. That's got to terrify yeah. you. See tentacles, because back then, there's nothing I, I, big that casts a shadow on you in 1925. Yeah, totally. I mean, a Zeppelin. I guess maybe they thought I, uh, yeah. it was a Zeppelin at first. Maybe. And well, when they found out it wasn't pre-Hitlerian Zeppelins. They saw it was another giant sky were, pancake. Were Zeppelins popular then? Were in they 1920? Being, I have to were assume. Were they being used a are, lot? None of us are. You know, this when is the second time we've happen? shamed ourselves. Google it. I'm 1921, hmm. 1919. I guess you never really thought about the whole uh, The Zeppelin. humanity, dude. Just worry about yeah, the humanity. Oh, so wait a minute. We, we, we you never, think it was like Do you think it was shield. a deflating Zeppelin? <laughs> it, was like, it was like blimp. <laughs> blimp shield? <laughs> it was blimp shield, and it was just really just <laughs> sweet-ass ropes. <laughs> and not tentacles, <laughs> like just big. You know what I mean? Like it was a fucking. Confused ropes with four <laughs> fucking super tongues. Hey, when you're fleeing, <laughs> sweet ass ropes. When you are fleeing in fucking terror, <laughs> yeah, your mind's gonna right, make no, you fucking right, see right. shit, right. You man. See space tongues. Yeah, because I mean, we, we you did. hear a noise and you book. You see seventeen fucking wraiths. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't a wraith. <laughs> it was a fucking squirrel we, and we, a ladybug. We did pose the question of what could this what could <laughs> this be yeah. misconstrued as and I guess for some reason we didn't think of blimps because we're you know not around the old timey times but, yeah, but there oh, might not be blimps we might be tell you I know, living a lie we didn't think but. of fucking blimps because blimps are big fucking sky whales and this is a flat thin surface with super rope tongues as Chris might say <laughs> yes, that's landing but. directly on another thing and then glowing brightly none of these things are blimp slash zeppelin I, characteristics I, I, no, at all no they're not but there's that's a the the second no one has a it's not a specific uh, they didn't see it. Re- they said they they saw a shadow and they booked. They saw tentacles and a light and a thing. There's no. They don't say that they saw like something that looks similar to the flat thing. Right. No, you're right. That's they true. don't specify. That's true. Chris, right. you know what? Chris, Chris is makes going a somewhere point. with this. I will say this though. I can almost buy. It's like. A deflating hot air balloon that happened to land on a zoological anomaly. Well, how does it? How does it glow and streak into the okay, air at well, a thousand miles we per hour? We have to break that down one by one. Okay, all right. Chances. It's a thing. It's marginal. This eight foot Okay, you know what? Oh my God, we're crashing! Hit the pack! Hit the hexagonal flesh pack! Listen, a random asshole in a fucking air balloon. We're going down. They fucking land. Listen, they don't even know if it took off. It's a dick move. Limp, so clearly it exploded. Yeah, that, all right, fair that's enough. what fucking happened. They're like, and then the helium made the flame rise. Yeah. at a thousand miles no, per hour. No, the blimp, the blimp saw this fucking thing, oh, and they're like, shit. I gotta know what this is. And they saw it crash, and like, let's get a closer look. So they put the ropes on to speed lunk onto it, or fucking grab it, whatever. <laughs> and the shit blew up because blimps blow up. Because that's what the they time. do. That's what they were built right. to do. They're the pintos of the sky, the humanity. But. It's a blimp. The it funny blew up. thing is, <laughs> the, the next time we hear about this this not oft reported account, it's going to be a skeptic saying the great blimp hoax of twenty five <laughs> was instigated by a crashing zeppelin on a. Well, whatever, you better make sure that there was blimps around. Yeah, then. Did we? Uh, oh, there were definitely blimps they had in twenty five. Right? I, 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 I feel like we're, it's a safe guess. We're not going to get like Wikipedia uh, on this one, are we? Anyone we're, can. Like the fact that like, oh, you can look it up. To we see have if there's devices blimps. in front of us right now, and none of us bothered to Google fucking blimps. I know you get your shits down. Look up blimps. Yeah, no, my shits beat. <laughs> I read the article. That's all I can do. I wrote it. I read it. But this, really, this, other than it. other than that, no, I have no. No, you're right. That really, really far fetched. I've, I've got nothing. We're trying our best to make it rational is just there's just no way. Yeah, yeah it's I, I got regardless of the existence of fucking blimps in twenty five. The first Goodyear <laughs> blimp. The first Goodyear blimp pilgrim of nineteen twenty five. Uh, oh, this unnamed, is this the initial this unnamed, blimp accident that this was unnamed, is this beta blimp that we don't know about? Yeah, the unnamed ship made its first flight from June third, nineteen twenty five. Inflated with hydrogen on July 17th, 1925, it took to the air with helium. 
Uh, and when did they July, stop making blimps? July 18th, 1925. <laughs> they still do. That's, I mean, they still fly No, I don't. They have occasional safe blimp. Yeah. No, super no I want danger right, blimp. So, we need to see when danger blimps ended. So, so blimps <laughs> were around in 1925. And all we know about this account is that it happened sometime in 1925, which is understandable. This actually you might wait. be research. If you look for blimps and when they were around... This could or be like, the first sighting of a, a crashed boat. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, there are none of the Hallmark blimp characteristics. I can't say this enough. No, but yeah, but there's not not. You ah. guys are so you guys are so horny to make this as fucking blimp. Oh, so hot and You're so right horny now. for blimps there's, right now. There's no specifics. This is not a fucking blimp. Some asshole, <laughs> some asshole saw something he thought were tentacles. That's it. Know, I can't Listen, even deal with and then, you right then now. And then a light, and then something shot up, which is clearly a mushroom cloud oh. from the blimp exploding. Oh, God. All right. Fair enough. Chris, Chris just schooled me. All right, guys. We know what it is now. <laughs> Debunked. Let's put the stamp. Let me, let me just say this. No less than three legs. Oh. No less. No less than three See, legs. Exactly. <laughs> See? Now you're just being a dick. That's, All right. That's what I'm saying. I'm a writer with a degree of flourish, uh, and, you, and you tease me. That's fine. Shit. Cavorting in the sky yeah, with no, crashing I, I, You know what? There was not a single oh, cavorting so or a no less than in this article. Okay. That was one of my earlier articles. Oh. I got better as I went on. Cut me some fucking slack. Yeah. You are an excellent writer. No, and a, so it's, I got a man that spins a tail. I will spin are. a yarn. It's either yes. drugs, once in a lifetime you've never seen it again, or a blimp. Yeah, but it can't be. A, it's not. <laughs> it's not four pilot hysteria. It's a once in a lifetime exobiological encounter, or the worst. His poorest reported blimp accident in history. Drugs, once in a lifetime event. Drugs, blimp. once in a lifetime event. Real <laughs> shitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's it. We have to end it on that. It's clearly I, I one of those three things. nothing else. There is nothing else. I don't even know where to go. Or no, there's no where else Once in a millennia event. Solved. Oh, it hurts. My stomach hurts so much. Yeah. Oh so, you know, give us your theories. Yeah. Because they can't be any more asinine than ours. Uh, All right, so we have to do more episodes on we'll sky critters. We'll sky do more sky critters. Atmospheric monsters slash sky critters slash the horror of the zeppelins uh, all right so there you have it thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the kryptonaut podcast remember to uh be sure to rate and review this ep- uh, this uh podcast on itunes and apple podcasts we are on social medias we're on twitter facebook instagram be sure to hit us up there um i don't know guys blimp sky clam or or what i don't know what do you got I don't know what there's, it is. Yeah, but you can't say that. There's I can't just 100%, as much. No, I can't no you cannot. What I can say is with 98.9% of surety, I'm even giving you a 0.1% yeah. It is not a fuck-sucking blimp. No. And or there's, Zeppelin. But there's a chance. And or hot air balloon. Because they don't have hexagonal plates. They don't have clam-shaped mouths. No, 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 no. Not the thing that... Not the street not the skyward. Thing, not the thing that crashed. The thing that... That, oh. that came and grabbed I bet, it. You know what, Robert? And on this, I bet you that you backed me on my interdimensional theory now, don't you? All I know is you guys are so blimp horny right now. There's nothing I can do. We're talking to you, <laughs> It's a blimp. Blimp horny. <laughs>